0: Heads up, the following podcast contains adult language and deals with adult subjects. Keep this in mind as you listen. Today we're following up with our very own Grace to hear more about where she's at now and talk about where the pod is headed next. We'll also hear from some of you, our favorite part. On with the show. Hey folks, I'm Grace. And I'm James. Welcome to Fundamental Shift, the podcast where we explore the major shakeups in our lives, their fault lines, and aftershocks.
1: Thanks for joining us. Let's get our shift together. We hope you enjoy hearing our backstories. We want to give you an idea of what to expect from the podcast going forward. So from here on out, we'll be exploring all kinds of fundamental shifts from all walks of life every other week. We'll be doing that on our own sometimes and often with a guest. In between those main topic shows, we'll bring you a follow-up episode on the topic as we have engaged with it over the week
0: most importantly we'll be interacting with you our listeners this is the part grace and i are most excited about because we're going to open up discussion and share stories through your social media posts emails and voicemails we'll also share recommendations and resources and let you know what's coming up in the next episode today on the show we're going to delve a bit more into where grace is now particularly in regards to faith we'll also tell you about her guest spot on another podcast and where you can listen Grace, we had some really good feedback from your main episode. Anne from Fort Collins, Colorado wrote in to us. She says, I think about myself and the hard times I've come out, not in the way you did, but how we all come out to be more open with our own selves and with each other. It's a lifelong journey, I think. That's what I got from listening to this episode. I would ask, do you think you would do anything differently in your journey?
1: Well, uh, in a word, No. Are there things that I could have done better, wiser, safer? Oh, you bet. (laughs) But you don't learn those things without the experiences that teach them to you. So, I suppose it's cliche, but you know, all the experiences that I've had up until this point have made me who I am. And I do think that life is all about growth. And sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason. So that's one I stand by. (laughs) I do think it's about the journey. I do think that all our experiences inform who we are um, in the moment. And so I wouldn't change anything. There are certainly things I could have done better, <laughs> but I wouldn't change it at all. Um, You know, I do really love Anne's thoughts on the times that she's come out in her own life. Um, And I think you are right. It is a lifelong journey. And most of us really have multiple coming out stories, I think. So for me, um, I do want to just mention one, that aside coming out as a lesbian, coming out as non-Christian was the hardest for me. So in some ways, it was even harder than the initial coming out um, in the queer sense. So I live in the South, and many queer folks here are Christian. I am so happy to say that while many of our fundamental churches still condemn us and other you know fundamental faiths condemn us, there are liberal branches. There are liberal expressions of all kinds of faiths now that have embraced uh, LGBTQI persons. But for me, uh, my faith journey took me away from the Christian church. And it was not necessarily primarily centered around my sexuality or my orientation. It was really more about a crisis of belief and a crisis of faith for me. I mean, the way that that community, my community, is treated certainly, you know, played a part in it, but it didn't necessarily rule it. Um, so as I was just taken away from that, saying to queer Christians, <laughs> "I am not Christian," was really tough. Not because I wasn't comfortable not being Christian, but because I just didn't know what to expect. I had lost most of the conservative Christians uh, in my family, and I knew that coming out as lesbian was going to lead to that, right? Like I knew what to expect from them, but I didn't really know what to expect among queer community. So I can remember one, uh, such time the most vividly, uh, this person that I've known all my life who actually came out a little bit later in life. And we are now chosen family came to visit me several years back, stayed with me with her partner, um, for several days. And, was raised by a grandfather who was a pastor and, you know, is very Christian, attends church in the place she lives now. And I had really not been honest with her about saying that I wasn't Christian. But honestly, at the time, I wasn't really saying that publicly. I had been not Christian to myself, to my wife, to the closest people around me for some time. I just wasn't vocal about it in public. Um, my in-laws are very Christian, and again, I live in the South with a church on every corner, so I was comfortable with it. I just didn't announce it necessarily, and I got to this point where I realized that not being honest about it was really hindering my relationships. So I decided I'd be brave, and as the topic arose, start coming out and telling my friends and family that I am not Christian and that, of course, that leads to a whole other discussion of what are you? And that's sort of a nebulous thing for me. So let's just stay on the not Christian part. Um, so we were having a conversation about faith and I said, I have to be honest with you because I love you. I'm not a Christian. And the look on her face was devastating. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. I had told her that I had murdered someone, you know, like it was just this thing she couldn't really comprehend. And it took her a really long time to accept it. She would say things like, well, God's got you, right? (laughs) Like kind of with this insinuation of you'll come back to God sort of thing. Um, And the truth for me is, is she needs to think that to feel okay. So be it. I've spoken my truth. This is just one of the many times I've had this conversation. Uh, My wife and I have even had it with some of her family and it was very uncomfortable but we got through it, and in the end, I kind of always say in these situations, "Listen, if you believe that God is love, then we can agree on that. That can be our common ground, because love is the God of my life, so that's usually a way I kind of try to bring it back around. But the hardest thing for me is kind of how you accept them, or at least in my case, I accept them in their faith, and I don't have a problem with them you know practicing their faith, even though it's not something that I believe in. The hard thing for me is when they look back at me with pity, because I don't Mm. need that pity. Like I'm very happy in my life and I'm very comfortable in my own skin. And I'm very sure of where I am spiritually, even though it's kind of nebulous. So that's kind of difficult. And it's, it's something that I do kind of deal with on a regular basis, but it's, it's like this, uh, progressive, you know, where you just kind of always doing it a little bit, um, particularly mm-hmm. in the situation where I live. But at any rate, I just really love that idea that we can agree on this thing called love. And I think that most people can mm. kind of get down with that. So,
0: Yeah, I totally uh, identified with that idea uh, as well, uh, with coming out as different things at different times throughout your life. Um, you know, coming out as like you said, non-religious, up to the point of recording this podcast, I hadn't really discussed that part of my journey with my family. So uh, I imagine a number of them are listening or have listened to that episode where I talked about no longer believing, no longer churching, and uh, so I imagine there are some feelings and some thoughts, and I may hear from some people. Who knows? So, yeah, I I identify with that. I mean, coming out, um, I mean, vegetarian. uh, I've been, you know, meat-free since 2014, and it's not – it's not that's not a one-and-done sort of thing. And I I know coming out in general is not usually that because you tell one person not everybody knows. But we order food at work or something like that, and I'm like – you know, they're like, oh, you're vegetarian, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm vegetarian, and and there's always a conversation that's around that decision. Uh, That I've made so uh, coming out as um, anti-racist has uh, met with a lot of uh, backlash from people losing friends and family members blocking me and and things like that so uh, I talked a little bit about that previously so I don't want to rehash too much but I mean we're always becoming right Mm -hmm. we're always uh, on our way to somewhere or something and also out of our way on our way out of uh, something else. So there's always going to be the chance that we run into people that we haven't seen in a while. And they think we're one way, but we're actually not, or we're not anymore. And we have to have those conversations. So I, I totally identify with well, that.
1: Well, here's a deep track from Bible school. So this is for all you fundamental nerds out there. There, There's a theologian by the name of Carl Barth. And he said that as you read the word of God, it becomes the word of God, right? And fundamental Christians are very much like, you know, it's the word of God. It says it, that's it. You know, doesn't matter if you believe it or not sort of thing. It is what it is. It's the, it's the standard. It's the authority. So this was even like a controversial opinion, you know, in Bible school from this theologian mm-hmm. that um, many people read and agree with and scholars write books on, cause he is a scholar. But I personally, I can remember even in Bible school being like, yeah, I, I kind of get down with that. You know, like, and and the way I'm thinking about it now in the context we're talking about it is, you know, as we live into our truth, as we embrace it and, you know, live it moment by moment, day by day, answer to it when the topic arises, not necessarily sitting down and having this, I would like to have this discussion with you about why I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> but just, you know, as the topic arises at launch or whatever, having that, I think that we become more that truth. We we live into it, and we become it more. And in doing so, become more ourselves. And that's just kind of a a concept that I've I've actually taken from my own school and really enjoy, and the thought of in my own life as I'm living my truth, and also as I'm learning things that I really am impacted by. And the more I'm studying them, then I'm becoming them, and they're showing themselves. You know, I I don't know. Anyway, super deep track there. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: that's really interesting because it, it's kind of like if a, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it, it make a sound, right. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like when you're around people and you can live out that truth in the presence of other folks, then it becomes more real and uh, apparent to yourself and to others.
1: Yes, exactly. You said that much more succinctly than Mayor Carl Bart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so uh, we also heard from John in the Carolinas about your episode. He says, I'd like to hear more about your coming out. Was there a key conversation you had with someone? How was it received by your friends and family? Also, when you went for your second ordination attempt, was that before or after you came out to yourself?
1: Well, hi, fellow Carolinian John. Um, Like many of us, there isn't really one thing. There's a string of things uh, along the way to help us as we're coming out and, and on that journey to share it with others, you know, after we've admitted it to ourselves. There wasn't a key conversation, but there were conversations I remember more than others. And most of these conversations were ones where I would just say something so gay and just be so oblivious to it. <laughs> and, you know, everyone around me is looking at me and, like, they know I've said something really gay <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really oblivious to it. Um, And I can look back on that now, and I do laugh with people uh, about that now, but it it's more that, that I was – sort of acting and saying and and doing things almost apart from my, you know, in my subconscious self. Mm. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of those conversations where I was saying something, I guess, that that I think about now more than anything else. But I can't say that there was anything that someone else, you know, really said to me uh, that affected me in, in particular. As far as how it was received, my family immediately cut me off. And I hate to be so blunt about it, but it just is what it is. That's what it is, unfortunately. Mm. Um, Most of my friends who really knew me were like, well, yeah, that tracks. Okay, duh. So in those cases, it was more a question of where they stood on the issue itself and how to navigate that in our friendship. Because at the time, most of my friends were conservative Christians. And I find that interesting, too, because I think that I was a person in their lives that again, because of these gay <laughs> comments I was oblivious to, um, and just my person, that, that I was, they would look at me as like this person that definitely was not just choosing this random thing, right? Like, I think I was the first person in a lot of these people's lives where they looked at me and said, yeah, that's just who you are. Hmm. Um, because I think in conservative Christian circles in particular, that is something that is greatly debated, and I don't really like this idea of having to go to the mat to say we don't choose it because I think it's okay to choose it because I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm. But I do think it's important to say that for many of us, you know, it's just who we are. And not just, you know, lesbian or gay, but non-binary, trans, any identity that we, you know, have in a, in a queer community in a, in a non Cis, straight, white way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um I think that it's important to say, okay, that's who people are. And so I think that I was a, just sort of an example of that sort of person in their lives. And I did lose good friends uh, who I thought were lifelong chosen family. And the hardest thing about that for me is that I know that they knew that that's who oh. I was, right? Like that I didn't actually have a lot of choice in it. Because for me, you know, I definitely think that's just who I've always been. And I think for a lot of us, that's definitely true. Like I said, I just don't like to go to the mat on that because I I think that it's conceding. Maybe there's something wrong, but I can't help it. You know, like that just to me feels like the insinuation. I don't like that.
0: Right. And then they can come back and say, well, you know, drug addicts and alcoholics, <laughs> right. like they always bring up something like right. that. You know, it's like, well, they don't choose it either, but. Which is know. why I don't
1: like to go to that space. But. Right. But being who you are is not a choice, whatever that is, you know, whatever that, um, identity or part of your identity is. So that was hard for me because I just knew that a lot of those people did understand that. Um, and in some ways it was harder than losing biological family because these are people that I had chosen and they had chosen me back and now they unchose me, you know? So it was, it it was really, really heartbreaking at the time, but I've had a lot of therapy. (laughs) I've done a lot of work to heal. Mm. So I have a lot of peace now, uh, and I even have some social media interaction with some of these people and I just kind of think that how they feel about me as a lesbian is theirs to deal with because it's my truth, mm. um, to live in and that opinion doesn't weigh in for me. I love that idea. Again, uh, I'm going to throw another cliche at you guys, but it's a true one about, you know, what other people think of me is none of my business. Um, that's just kind of the way I think of it. Like, that's yours to deal with because it's not my problem. I don't have a problem being a lesbian, so if you have a problem with it, that's kind of yours to deal with. And I just don't worry about it. I just go on, live my life. I'm kind. Um, I think it's important to have boundaries and not to, to reach out in a way that's not safe. But, you know, I don't mind seeing them on social media here and there, whatever, happy birthday, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> And they can see that I'm living a good life, a good, happy life. And I think that that's a good thing. And just to answer about the ordination, I was not out to myself on my second ordination attempt. And interestingly enough, though, I think that many others around me (laughs) had figured it out. And as I can look back now, I see how it affected that process and why it failed. So that kind of plays into the oblivious part. I was really the last one to know. (laughs) So...
0: So, last but not least, Lynn in Philadelphia commented to say, Pageants? I love that you talked about memory building. You could do a whole show on that. Thank you for not lashing out angrily at people in your past. You could have done so and been justified. I thought your comments on coming out to yourself were really well put and important. The way you spoke of education made me think of the memoir Educated as a writer, Also finds the good and hopeful amidst the horror, but speaks her truth and draws safe boundaries in the end.
1: Well, I think that whatever coming out you're doing, uh, coming out to yourself first is the most important. I think you've got to be comfortable in your own skin first. And then I think it makes opening up to other people safer for you and for them. Memory building is an important thing to remember anytime we're dealing with a person's story, especially when it's one uh, that has dysfunction, right? Or abuse or anything like that, because nothing or at least rarely is nothing all one thing or another, um, black or white. Most things have a both and quality. Most things are Little specks of rainbow color amidst a lot of gray in those kinds of situations. And that's the reason I have no desire to lash out. Firstly, again, I've done a lot of work to heal from those wounds, a lot of therapy. But I also have good memories full of love with those people. And some of them have really turned out to be success stories of rebuilding safe, healthy, loving relationship uh, with good boundaries. And for the ones that haven't, I really do wish them well. I wish them peace. And I don't harbor anything negative about it at this point. I'm honest about what it is, what it was, but I'm not carrying that kind of wound around. Um, As for education, what a compliment. Uh, I love that book. It's brilliant. Me too. And I really did identify with the author and many of the themes there. So thank you for that, Lynn.
0: I love that memoir as well and and like you really um identified with the character in many ways um, yeah, that's high praise there high praise indeed um I, I really like what you said about memory building, and when I think about you know looking at yesterday through today's lens mm. uh from who I am now, looking at who I was years ago and the situations that maybe I went through or, or were in to be to be overly critical of a lot of things that are That happened in the past. It's to one to one degree. It's not it's not productive because you can't change the past. And at the same time, it's not necessarily a healthy thing to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. So to remember that among bad things that have happened, there have also been good things. There's been happiness. There's been things that brought joy to your life. Um, I said a lot of things about my background and my introductory episode but at the same time i had a great childhood um and you know maybe i maybe i touched on some of that in that episode too um but yeah i, I think that it's always good and healthy to to remember that in addition to suffering and pain there is also happiness and joy that's available to us at almost any moment and the, also thinking about the past and we've talked about this before grace is that I think that at this point in my life, and and what I've learned over the years about being human, about the the human experience, about people in general, I think that most of us, for the most part, are we're we're just out here doing the best we can with what we have at the time. Yes. And so, so when I look at things that happened in the past, the the kind of environments that I, I came up in. Which, by the way, the things that were taught by my church, to my understanding, were not always necessarily what my parents personally believed. Mm -hmm. It was just what I was raised in, maybe not necessarily raised by. Um, But my parents at the time, you know, were believers and still are, and they're still doing the best they can with what they have. And I can't really hold a whole lot against them. And of course, maybe it's easier for me because I didn't really experience a lot of, uh egregious abuse or anything like that. But, uh, but it is very healthy to keep in mind that for the most part, we're doing the best we can with what we have.
1: And when we know better, we do better. Absolutely. And you know, that's, that's what helps me boundary set as well. Because then if I see someone who knows better and chooses not to do better, then I sort of know where to put my boundary with that person. And it helps me boundary set and it helps me do it in a way that is not going to allow myself to be wounded again.
0: Mm. And that's really what I think about, uh, you know, when people talk about forgiveness and it's really pushed heavily in religious, Mm -hmm. in Christian environments to, as a way to sort of sweep things under the rug and let's just move on from this, just forgive them. Mm -hmm. It's a better thing to do. It's, it's the righteous thing to do to forgive people, but the real meaning and purpose of forgiveness is and should be to release whatever's holding you back as a result of what happened, right? It's for yeah. the victim, not the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. It's it's for you, not for them.
1: It's an intense topic and and could be it's poll show. Maybe we'll do that. Cause I definitely have some some thoughts on yeah. the fundamental Uh, way of forgiveness it's it's interesting the way you just put it i like that the release idea that's definitely where i sit with it too
0: well let's put a pin in that and yeah we'll talk about that at a a later date i think Mm -hmm. we were delighted to have our very own grace joining us today i'll go ahead and plug her guest spot Check out episode 37 of the Latter-day Lesbian podcast, Christianity Casserole. Grace, what resources can you recommend to our listeners? Is there a way we can get involved that you'd like to point us toward?
1: Well, I definitely want to go ahead and, and plug my LDL girls first. Um, if you haven't listened to Latter-day Lesbian, I strongly encourage you to, to look those gals up. Um, Shelly, you talk about a shift. She was a, a Mormon for all of her life. Um and had seven children (laughs) and came out just a few years ago. Uh, And now she and her partner, Mary uh, are building their life together. Um, And also of course with the children and all the things that come with that. And she left the Mormon church. So all the things that come with that, and it's just a wonderful uh, podcast about their, their fundamental shifts. Um, So give those ladies a listen. The next thing I'd like to acknowledges the writings of uh, Karen Armstrong and also her TED Talks. She did the Charter for Compassion, if anyone would remember that a few years back. She won the TED Award for that. She calls herself a freelance monotheist. And I get a lot of the way I I think intellectually about God at this point from her because I like the way she writes. It's very accessible, right? You don't have to be an academic. But she gives you a lot of good history and information to it, which has actually in turn helped my my heart and my mind and and my spiritual practice as well, just to have more information. I think sometimes can also help you on the other heart side of it, not just the brain side of it. And then I would like to recommend therapy. (laughs) Just seriously, guys, if, if, um, you find yourself in need of that, you know, there's so many wonderful things now where you can do it online and you can do it in groups and things like that. And I'm just, I'm a real proponent of it. And I think that it's something that, you know, we can all, use, um, and even just groups, you know, on Facebook sometimes can be like a group therapy. So especially right now in the time of COVID connect, you Mm -hmm. know, and be sure that you're doing the things that feed your soul and take care of your soul. Um, as far as sort of pointing towards some action, there's a group called soul force that I highly recommend anyone, um, who wants to look it up and give them some support. Um, they, they work with people, particularly the queer community and fundamental, uh, churches are coming our face and coming out of that and they really have done some good work uh, so check out their website it's just soulforce.com and there are many ways to get involved there
0: awesome if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to rate and review us on the platform of your choice your feedback means a lot to us it lets others find us more easily and it helps us know more about the content you're looking for
1: Well, now that you've heard from us, we want to hear from you. And here's how you can reach us. On YouTube and Facebook, simply search Fundamental Shift.
0: On Twitter and Instagram, find us at funshiftpod and at fun.shift.pod, respectively.
1: On the web, find us at funshiftpod.com. You can also listen to our episodes there if you'd like to listen to them online. You can email us at funshiftpod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 704-665-7473.
0: Tune in next week when we'll talk about life during the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: Until then, folks, remember, shift happens.